Welcome to the Smiles Matter podcast by Microdental Laboratories. I'm Laura Kelly, and it's my pleasure to host our new series, Comeback Strategies for Today's Dental Practice. I also have my staff not even discuss that with patients. Have you been vaccinated? Because some people will feel that's a violation of their privacy, and that's a fight that you just can't win. So we're very careful to walk that line. Wait, wait, can we talk? Sure. So Laura, I got to interject. So here I'm in Chicago and I would tell you, we actually market all of the things online that we do to be safe, you know, air filtration, everything else. And we do a questionnaire before everybody comes in and we actually ask, have you been vaccinated? And I'm going to tell you, it's amazing how many patients feel more comfortable coming to our office in Chicago because we ask these questions. While it's true that most dental practices in North America have reopened their doors, the new normal is not the same from practice to practice. In actuality, many dental offices were forced to adjust and rebuild their teams. In addition, the new protocols for offices as we know is not a one size fits all. And this has also stimulated unforeseen challenges. We always find it beneficial and inspiring to get the perspective from dental professionals dealing directly with the challenges. For this reason, I am excited to introduce not just one, but two highly respected clinicians whose generosity allowed me the opportunity of an insightful conversation with them. Today, we have the pleasure of hearing from two dental professionals who share different experiences with the challenges facing dental practitioners today and their approach and how their management styles come into play. I am pleased to introduce Dr. Lou Graham, an internationally recognized lecturer who is extensively involved in continuing education for dental professionals, focusing on incorporating current clinical advancements through conservative dentistry. He emphasizes in his teachings the same concepts he practices, dental health diagnosis, treatment plans for medically compromised patients, conservative treatment, cosmetic dentistry, implants and laser dentistry, and a customized approach to periodontal care. He graduated from Emory Dental School and is currently a published author in many leading national and international dental journals. Dr. Graham is a member of the ADA, the AACD, AGD, the Chicago Dental Society, and the Illinois Dental Association. He is the former dental director of the University of Chicago's Department of Dentistry and the founder of Catapult Education, LLC. He currently provides dental care at his private practice, University Dental Professionals in Chicago, Illinois. In addition to Dr. Graham, we'll also hear from Dr. Ram Kaminer, who graduated from the University at Buffalo School of Dental Medicine. Dr. Kaminer embraced technology early in his career and was one of the first 100 dentists in the country to include a hard tissue dental laser into his practice. Over the years, Dr. Kaminer has taught dental lasers and minimally invasive dentistry to thousands of dentists worldwide. He sits on the board of Catapult Education, is a frequent contributor to Mentor Magazine, is on the editorial board of Dental Product Shopper, and acts as a clinical consultant to numerous dental manufacturers. Dr. Kaminer also practices full-time in his offices in Hewlett and Oceanside, New York, focusing on minimally invasive dentistry and digital dentistry. He is a fellow of the Academy of General Dentistry, a member of the ADA, as well as a member of the Academy of Laser Dentistry. 
So thank you, Dr. Lou Graham and Dr. Ron Kaminer for joining us today. We're, we're very excited to be able to speak with both of you. Just there's so many issues in dentistry that are very relevant today. Lots of change out there. And just want to hear from two legends, two rock stars in the dental profession of what you can share with us. Wanted to jump right in if we could. What do you, what do you see as some of the main challenges that the practices faced right after they reopened and maybe even still today? So, Laura, first off, thanks for having Ron and I on. I think it's very interesting. I thought I was really progressive as Ron was too. We were having Zoom meetings while we were unemployed and closed for the first time in our lives. And we'd be doing Zoom meetings in all preparation to really reopening. And I think the first shocker for me was which team was coming back and which team wasn't. So I actually lost two hygienists out of my four. And that was a huge setback as we were really thinking about and getting ready to reopen. So I think for many of us in the profession, and I see this throughout Facebook, that a lot of us are having really, it's hard finding the right teams to come in, replace the teams that have been with us for uh, quite a period of time. And so for me, it's rehiring has been my big opening Big, big opportunity or, you know, big challenge for reopening. And the, mm-hmm. the other thing I would say is getting everybody back into the mission of what our office is about. So mission and your team is really, really the key. And openly, and I'll have Ron now interject, it, it's hard when you lose two key members. One, you kind of still have your team. Two was really large. Ron, did you experience any of this? Yeah, so I, I think even before the pandemic, staff hiring in many parts of the country was difficult. I think that dental assistance, for the most part, has become a profession in many states where they don't have expanded function dental assistance. It's really hard to find good old dental assistance. You got to yeah. either train from scratch, mm-hmm. or you have to just find someone with very little experience and train. After the pandemic. I think that became even harder. So there's no question that staff or team hiring has become a problem. The combination of the combination of the so-called fear of the of of COVID with the combination of financial stimulus coming from the government every so often. So why do I have to now go back to work? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Has Mm -hmm. made that area as a dental assistant much harder to find. So what we've done in the office to try to counteract that, we didn't really lose any key members. We lost one person. Is I gave my staff, everyone got a raise. And I paid them more money, despite the fact that the business was down and everything else. I reached into my pocket and said, I need to preserve what I have. I can't lose anyone. I don't want someone to pluck anybody from me. So I'm just going to reward them and say, hey, thank you for coming back to work pay them more money. And so far that's done well, but we have an open ad looking and it's very, very hard to find. Yeah. Lou. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just to remind everyone, what areas of the country are both of you practicing? So I'm in, this is Ron, Ron. I'm in New York on Long Island, South shore of Long Mm -hmm. Island, about 15 miles outside of New York city. And I'm, this is Lou Graham and I'm in Chicago, Mm -hmm. uh, just South of Chicago. 
Yeah. And I mean, a lot of people would think that, you you know, you've, you're going to have a large, you know, talent pool. But I think that you've really brought up a really good point that we've heard with engagement with our, you know, the doctors. And, it, and this is something that we face on the laboratory side as well. And I would be interested in, in hearing a little bit more of the strategies that you put into place to to replace and, and hire really good people. And then also, if there was anything that you're doing to accelerate onboarding, you know, to get people really, you know, familiar with your culture and different protocols. So possibly. Laura, what I, what I do, this is Lou. So we, we do a lot of dental posting through, obviously, uh, looking for the right people. And routinely, we'll do two interviews online, Zoom online interviews. And it's crazy because if... I know this is really crazy, but let's say someone hasn't been vaccinated yet. Do you want them in your office? This is a really challenging question. My entire team is vaccinated. So mm-hmm. I believe based on hiring, you can request somebody to get vaccinated. As a side point, I want to just go back to your, sorry, as an aside, I want to go back to your question. So we'll actually do two interviews on Zoom and then we will actually overpay them no benefits to come in for at least three to five days to work with us just to see if they fit into our mission, our philosophy of care, and how much they engage the patient. And are we the right fit for them? Ron, how do you do it? Mm -hmm. So this is why Lou and I are like brothers, because we love each other, but we don't always agree like brothers. So almost none of my (laughs) team is vaccinated. And they are have, you kidding? And they have their own reasons. Wow. So I have three women that are trying to have kids. They won't get vaccinated. I had two that are, that are about to give birth. They won't get vaccinated. And the other five or six have their own personal reasons. Either one had COVID or whatnot. And my personal feeling is, and I think this is a state-by-state state thing, and you really have to walk the line here. You have to be careful what you say, because with labor laws, labor laws today, the way they are and things... If you tell someone, I want you to get vaccinated and God forbid something happens, you're going to be up a creek without a paddle. So we've we've educated Mm -hmm. them. We've encouraged them, but we haven't mandated them. And to flip that, I also have my staff not even discuss that with patients. Have you been vaccinated? Because some people will feel that's a violation of their privacy. And that's a fight that you just can't win. So we're very careful to walk that line. Wait, wait. Can we talk? Sure. So, Laura, I got to interject. So here I'm in Chicago, <laughs> and I would tell you we actually market all of the things online that we do to be safe, you know, air filtration, and everything else. And we do a questionnaire before everybody comes in, and we actually ask, have you been vaccinated? And I'm going to tell you, it's amazing how many patients feel more comfortable coming to our office in Chicago because we ask these questions. And I would say I'm in a group subset of patients over 60 and the Mm -hmm. vast majority have been vaccinated and it allows all of us to feel a little bit more comfortable, even though of course we're still following the same, I'll say uh, careful, whatever, whatever. And And we have, we have the same questionnaire, but we don't ask them if they've been vaccinated. And my feeling is that, I'm going to treat everybody as if they haven't been vaccinated. I believe that many patients don't tell us the truth as far as where they've been, where they've traveled, have they been exposed? And just like we always had over the years, AIDS epidemic, hepatitis stuff, we're going to treat everybody the same way, which we've done. Mm -hmm. We've put infrastructure into our office, but at the same time, 
Uh, I'm going to make sure that the staff and myself are protected, but treat everybody like they're infected and not get into privacy stuff. I don't want to have to answer the questions. Why are you asking me this? This is my personal information. It's not a fight I want to fight. No, see, I'm, I'm looking for some arm wrestling or something. No, I'm kidding. This, I think what's really good about this dialogue is that hearing you can hear that how it can work, you know, on uh, different ways. And I think that being in tune with your environment, your practice, whatever, you know, the state and labor laws and sort of what's, I would say, common, right, in, in your area, can it can work multiple ways is what I'm, I'm hearing from the two of you. I think that's really interesting to see how you can do that. I think I've always felt that the dental environment was always very healthy and safe, yeah. you know, and so I've, I've had a high confidence in, in, in going into that environment. But uh, it's nice to, to hear two different, you know, multiple options, right, on how you can manage this. It's difficult. There's not one right answer. I don't, I don't right. think for everyone. Just in regards to a different environment, you know what I really love that you touched on a little bit too, Lou, was the uh, kind of the test driving of a hire, right? And not going through everything so that it's, you know, they get to check you out, you get to check them out. Do you do sort of a, a similar method that you uh, deploy to, Ron, when you're hiring new people now? Yeah. So, I mean, we, I think hiring's tough. We run the ads where everybody else runs the ads, Indeed and and sometimes Craigslist and, and all those kinds of places. What I learned through one of my employees that works for the government is that whenever somebody does not come in for an interview, they say they make an appointment, that's because they're going back to the unemployment office to say, well, I tried getting a job at Kaminer or Graham and they didn't hire me. And it shows they're making an effort to continue their unemployment. So they continue to get their unemployment check. Mm-hmm. So I learned that through. That's cool. Through, that's terrible. It's terrible, but that's, it's a way that <laughs> yeah. the system is being milked. So, but for me, I want to see them live. I want to see how they present. I want to see what they look like. I want to see are they walking in with a mask or not. I just want to get a feel for them. Mm-hmm. I don't feel I can get it on Zoom. So when I'm interviewing, yeah. I personally still like to do it live 100% of the time. I do bring them for a working interview for one or two days where I'll pay them. But what's interesting is where I used to be really stringent with my requirements, my requirements have softened to the point where if they're good people and they're willing to learn, I'll train them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we literally have someone like that that we hired before COVID well over a year and a half ago who knew nothing about dentistry. College person, going to go to law school, but she needed to make money and she figured she's not going to law school for five years. And she, we hired her as a sterilization assistant, cleaning instruments, and she can now assist take x-rays and pretty much do everything else in the office just from, you know, being thrown at the ocean and saying swim and being taught along the way. So I've opened up my, how stringent I've been and being much more lenient in hiring. I want good people who want to progress themselves and we're willing to provide that for them. And and I would say even the older team members that we've interviewed. Do you mean, wait a minute, wait a minute, Lou, do you mean like more, do you mean like more experienced maybe? More years of experience? I'm going to go more experienced. <laughs> yes, not older, but more experienced. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I'll be uh, politically correct. <laughs> so what's interesting is they're used to really what they're used to. And so when they come into our office with comb beam and digital and all this other stuff, if they're not willing to adapt, it goes back to Ron's point. Sometimes you're better off just starting from the beginning and really teaching them lore than some of these experienced people. Uh, and, and I say that they could be in the profession 10, 15 years, and they're just not willing to change. And we're a profession of right, change right, right now. So Laura, I want to flip this for a second. Isn't it similar in the lab where you'll hire someone necessarily as a lower level or inexperienced employee and they work their way up? 
Oh, ab- absolutely. And one right. of the things that I'm, I'm really appreciating now, and you're probably, it's the same thing is with this, um, and I know both of you have very progressive practices, is the digital, you know, how digital's come into our environment more. And what I love is the combination of, of an experienced technician that's got that analog, strong, technical, knowledgeable experience, but they're willing to learn or they're even, you know, really have turned into experts when it comes to embracing new digital technologies. I mean, that's an amazing combination to have. And and we're fortunate enough to have some of that top talent like that. I'm sure it's the same thing on your side. Exactly. It's it's almost the person has to be wanting to learn and be progressive to going from that analog to digital Mm -hmm. world. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that the digital, I'm I'm curious to see your patient sort of response to anything that you're doing a little bit differently, where does digital feel more safe to your patients, you think? I'll say this. Our initial exam routinely involves my assistant. Let me be clear here. My assistant digitally scanning the patient, routinely bite wings and a CBCT. Mm And it's much more comfortable than an FMX, much more information. And then when we start going through everything, and there's additional technologies that we use, I would just say the patients love the opportunity that we can present this information and communicate to them versus the old days, maybe I should say experienced <laughs> days, where, where, sorry, I'm just predating my own age, where it was an explorer probe. And a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. That's just way outmoded today, Laura. Ron? Yeah, listen, I think who really appreciates the digital world is the team. They don't have to spray impressions. They don't have to pour impressions. They don't have to clean impressions. They don't have to rinse blood out of impressions. So I think the team really appreciates the digital world tremendously. The patients just love the high-tech part of it, I think, in our office. So because we're so high-tech in the practice, so it's just another piece. But I think the team totally appreciates yeah. the digital part and, of it. And, Laura... The team has to be able to articulate. So if they're walking them into a CBCT, they need to articulate why is Dr. Graham using this? And by the way, even though it looks big, this is actually to actually equal to or less mm-hmm. radiation than doing the traditional way. And that now assimilates these team members at a far, at a far higher level with the patients than just, I hate to say it, I don't know how to say in the old days where the teams would just be turning over rooms and doing what we would call the older responsibilities. Now they have much more updated responsibilities. Yeah. No right. yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah. a lot of the same, you know, parallels that we're running and, and there's a lot of efficiencies that we gain too, you know, on, on our side doing it that way. And it's, I think it's fun. Like you said, be a lifelong learner and embrace it and it can be exciting and definitely fun. Gosh, I mean, there's so much that we could we could really dive into. And I, I do want to go and pick a couple of topics for a future, get some future time with you and, and really dig deep. But I think what would be really interesting is to what, you know, if you had to, both of you, um, both Ron and Lou, if you could explain what your, with your perspective, you've both been in practice for a while. And now you've, you know, you've come through the AIDS ec- epidemic. There's been other economic downturns, different things that have happened in, in your careers. I'm sure that you've had to manage. And now we've had this big one. Right. You know, what do you what do you think you've learned? What are a few key takeaways that you could share if there's anything like this that we might have to deal in the future that you would you would pass along to maybe some of our our younger dentists? I mean, recently graduated (laughs) dentists um, that, you know, and and even even anyone really can learn. So, yeah, what would you pass? Of course. So, so I'll take this first. So I think that one of the things and I tell this to all our patients, too. So one of the things that I've done more since this epidemic is 
I market to my patients every minute they're in the office. And what I mean by that is everything I say, and I've always said this to my team, and I say this when I speak, everything I say, I say with a purpose. But when I tell patients, for us, this is no big deal because we wore masks and gloves and glasses our whole lives. Think of your physicians or your optometrists or any other doctor who never wore anything most of the time. So for us, we didn't change all that much. Yeah, we modified some procedures, but we didn't have to change because this was our life, as you said, through the AIDS epidemic and other things. So, and when they hear that, they're like, oh yeah, you're right. My doctor never wore gloves or they never wore a mask unless they were doing something invasive. So they understand that when they're coming to our office, it's uber safe already before the pandemic because of the things that we did. So other than Ron Kaminer not wearing clothes anymore, but wearing scrubs, there's really hasn't been a lot of change in my office that they could physically see. Yes, some air purifiers, but we have a major one in the ceiling that we don't see, but I talk about it all the time. But all these little things that we've done are for them, but for us and the team, there really wasn't a lot of change because we were uber safe before and doing things before. And you know, one of the things that came into play during COVID was the use of hypochlorous acid to wipe down counters and disinfect because it's not toxic to humans and it kills everything. Well, we were using hypochlorous acid for 25 mm -hmm. years because I used to speak for the company that produced it. So there was such little for us to change. The transition was easy. It wasn't like that for everybody else. And I'm sure Lou's going to share now a perspective a little bit different than mine. Uh, and it's good to hear both. So, Lou? Yeah. So I would say, and if, I'm, if we're talking reopening and how we really had to deal with this, I would say you're as strong as your weakest link. So we had a few employees who were just mortified with the, with the pandemic, mortified who came back. And they came back because we're mm -hmm. a team. And openly, everybody had to follow unbelievably strict protocols in our office, really strict, because we had to respect the weakest link in our office. And then I extended that to the weakest link as far as a patient, those patients who are coming back in total fear. And so I believe it's really the entire team that has to A, get it together and B, exude that togetherness and now we're at the togetherness where it's really updating what our hygienists and doctors are doing as far as their philosophical approach to care examinations. And I think that's really the critical step is everybody on board so that you can all move forward because we're going to have a really good, I really believe, good half of the year coming and far more based on post-pandemic. Mm -hmm. I mean, Ron, don't you see that? Thoughtless. Yeah. You know what? The month of February... 28 days was my biggest month in 30 years. So I believe that we're just going to explode the rest of this year as people are going to come feel more comfortable, feel more comfortable and do more expensive dental work. And I'm sure that's going to relate to the laboratories because the laboratory is going to see a huge, a progressional increase in monthly yeah. accounts. Yeah, no, yeah. you're right. We're seeing, we're seeing a lot more. Um, I mean, we definitely are, are looking at key product categories. Everyone does, you know, zirconia crowns and, and Emacs every day, but we're seeing a lot of, a lot more implant and a lot of an interest in digital dentures, which we we're doing a lot in that area, partials and flexible partials and, and the removable. Yep. So I think those are really, I mean, you're just seeing it. It's really exciting. It's, I'm very for, fortunate. I'm sure you guys feel the same way to be involved in this 
wonderful profession of healthcare and be able to connect and, you know, collaborate with people like you and, and all the other great people in dental. So thank you so much for taking time today. You shared some really great, valuable insights. And I know uh, our listeners, we, we do get a lot of feedback sometimes like, okay, we want the next episode. So please, please, I'm going to put you on the spot and say yes in advance. Okay. When we reach out so we can get some more great content to share. Thousand percent. All right. you bet. Thanks you guys. Have a wonderful day. All right. Thank Bye-bye. you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Smiles Matter podcast created by Microdental and Modern Dental Laboratories. For more information, you can go to our website, www.microdental.com slash smilesmatterpodcast, or find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere else podcasts are available. Thank you for listening, because we believe that smiles matter.